Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget Bet Online for NHL, boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space this week, again joined by my furry co-host Slade. Uh, he decided he wanted to resume his co-host duties this week. Uh, as always, I'm back with a little bit more food for thought, a little bit more of a mindset uh, as we look forward to this week. And uh, just I want to kind of follow up what we talked about last week. So if you guys listened last week, I talked about why I choose self-discipline, why that's such an important thing to me, and why it's something that I that I teach so much, that I believe in so much, and I want other people to do as much. It's one of the things that I really try to in, I really try to get my students to learn and adopt for themselves. And there's a really simple reason as to why, if you listen to last week's episode, it's all about the mastery of oneself. It's all about being in control of what's going on between your ears. Now, to that end, uh, what I also wanted to talk about this week, as I look ahead to this week, is I wanted to think about the simple idea of, well, Sensei, you talk about what is, you talk about why self-discipline, but then here, let's ask you a better question. What is self-discipline? So Throughout my journey, I've talked. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of different people. You know, I've uh, taught. I've taught with and learned from many, many different people, and I've been exposed to many, many different things. And among them are a great many definitions for self-discipline. They all kind of uh, correspond to the same idea, and that same idea is very simple. Uh, it, it's doing the right thing when no one's watching, doing the right thing without uh, the influence of someone else. You know, I talked last week about the, the value of a mentor and how, you know, when you put an athlete or you put a person in front of a mentor, they will always work to a higher level. And then the reason that I want self-discipline for myself and from those that I teach is simple. I want them to be able to do it, whether I'm there or whether I'm not. So coming back to this idea, um, I've seen a bunch of, of uh, quotes and stuff like that of people's own individualized definitions of self-discipline. And all of those, in my opinion, were accurate. So I wanted to go through a couple of those and really define it well, really narrow it to a point so you can understand how you can take this and apply it to the things that hopefully you started to set out to since listening to last week's episode. So to that end, first quote that I had, very simple. And that is simply the idea of doing the things that you don't want to do with the same love, passion, and enthusiasm 
that you do the things that you do love. And it's funny that that I've seen that that definition used by David Goggins, who I've talked about a great many times. And obviously he's someone whose self-discipline level I I, I aspire to, right? Someone whose uh, self-discipline level I admire. Um, and like I said, I don't need the, I'm going to run a hundred mile marathon like him kind of self-discipline. I don't feel I need to get there. That's not what I'm after in life. But when I see someone achieving at such a high level, and I, I look at what he can do, and I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. If, if he can do be tough on himself like that, why can't I be tough on myself too? So nonetheless, uh, let, let's explore that definition for a couple of moments here. And as we explore that definition, just th- thinking about the idea of the things we don't want to do. Because I don't know about you, but every day I write a to-do list. And I can, you know, I contribute to it throughout the day. You know, maybe that maybe I know like, okay, my time to do stuff is coming to an end today. So I'm going to write down all the things I know I have to do tomorrow or something to set my head in the middle of the day and I'll write it in there. Or at the end of the night as I'm in bed, I'm like, oh, I got to remember to do this, this, and this. So I'll write it all down on the to-do list. And there are some things on the to-do list that I love to do. Like, for example, recording the podcast today was something that was on my to-do list. I knew I had to get it done today, recording a little bit early this week. Um, but something I love to do. So I knew I could do that with enthusiasm. I knew I would find the time. I knew I could carve everything else out. There were some other things on there that I did not love to do <laughs> that were not my most favorite things. You know, uh, we have flex fights coming up this Friday and I had to do a little bit of research and prepare myself a little bit for it, write my outline that I, that I like to have. And though I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy the fights and thoroughly enjoy breaking down the martial arts for someone, if I had to pick the one part of it that I don't love, it's organizing all of that. You know, um, it, it's, it's something that's a necessary evil, but it's the part that I like the least. Right? And, uh, and again, there's those household tasks that are monotonous that are just absolutely a pain in the neck. Those things that you know, you look at and you've been looking at them forever and you just have it in your head, it's going to be this huge undertaking. And because of that, you put it off and you put it off and you put it off. And then what happens? It gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And then when it finally becomes time to tackle it, it's, a, it's a something that you had to tackle, but it's not nearly the thing that you thought it would be. So, Let's flip that around now. Let's let's take a look at that at that idea. I'll give you an example. So something that that we had to do around here for a while is we have a, a detached garage, and um, the person who we bought our house from used to own a grandfather clock shop. So the the garage is all set up with just a regular door on it. It's, it's essentially a giant shed. And what happens over the years is not only do you personally accumulate your stuff, but then your friends, your family. <laughs> your extended family, they start to ask you, hey, you got that big garage. Can I put this in there? Can I put this in there? Can I put this in there? And then invariably some loved one passes away and, you know, you you take some stuff out of their house and where do you put it? You put it in the garage. And then, you know, all somebody's moving and um, I want to take that from their house and it goes in the garage. And you're left with this just monstrosity of stuff that you haven't really addressed. Now, is that my favorite thing to do in the whole world? Absolutely not. That is not a project I enjoy at all. But, I had to approach it with the same enthusiasm that I did with a lot of the other things around my house that were labors of love. So I had to approach it with the same intensity, with the same thought. And now we're in a place where the garage is something I can be proud of. It's something I can bring people in and be like, like I don't mind bringing people in there. Whereas in the past, if people want, I wanted to you know, borrow like something that was in there, 
I felt bad not, not going in there and getting it myself. When my neighbors needed a tool or something, I didn't want to send them in there. I wanted to go and get it myself and then bring it to them. Right? But again, the only reason the job gets done well is because I had the self-discipline to approach it with the same passion and love of the kind of things that I that I, I do love, right? the same passion and everything uh, of the things that I do love. And to me, that's the simplest way to get ourselves into the right habit, because at the end of the day, there are a certain number of tasks that are like that, that are kind of one-offs. You know, maybe every couple of years, I'll have to do that with the garage. So it's not that big of a deal. And in, in the scope of my whole life, maybe I'll do it 10 or 15 times. So really not that huge of a thing. But then there's the things that are so much more so much more necessary so much more regular basis that are the things that we have to attack on a on a daily basis or a weekly basis or you know a seven weekly basis and I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples that just popped to my mind but one of the most simple is exercise if we don't make the time for exercise if we don't get in a routine with exercise if we don't conquer that exercise and make it something then it will always be something that we struggle to get. It'll always be something that we're kind of chasing, right? Think about it like how you know most people talk about the gym. When you think, if you're surrounded by average people, and I'm not saying good, better, otherwise, I'm just saying average people, right? There are people like myself who live in the fitness world, and that's that's a different animal, right? Just like if you live with someone, if you if you're surround yourself with people who are like into cars and they work on cars, the way they the things they do to their cars is not among average car people, right? So think about average level fitness people. And you talk to your average level fitness friends, people who are your everyday Americans, right? Or wherever you guys reside as you listen to this, who are your everyday citizens, not in the fitness industry. And when you hear them talk about the gym or you hear them talk about working out, there's usually a similar sentiment every time. And that sentiment is usually, oh, I got to get back to the gym. I got to get back to the gym. It's usually about how they have to get back to it, not about how they're doing or what they're accomplishing or what they're or what they're doing or how consistently they're hitting it and so forth. That's that's average. Why does it happen? It happens because they approach it with a certain degree of dread. They approach the idea, they approach the process with a certain degree of oh. And because of that certain degree of now they're in a place where they're going in with their mindset a certain way. It's like when you have uh, when someone tells you they need to talk to you or you have to call that utility company and you're anticipating a fight. You're anticipating like a... And then you don't get it. And then you go into, you go into the conversation all queued up. And then there's this big fallout. <laughs> then afterwards, you barely remember what you spoke about or you barely remember the phone call because... It didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. And working out and keeping yourself in shape can be very similar. Now, a lot of the times people put the bad taste in their mouth because they don't really know what they're doing. They don't have a great plan to execute. They don't have something that any goals or way to track their progress. So they go into the gym for the first time in however long. And like, I'm going to get a great workout in today. And they obliterate themselves. They do a great job of pushing themselves. And then for a week and a half, they feel like crap because they're all sore and all beat up because they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't go in with a game plan. They tried to hit things they used to hit when they were doing when they were going to the gym consistently. And now they're really sore because of it. And now there's that negative connotation in there. 
So rather than doing it with the passion of something that you love, they've created a situation where now it's a thing they hate. When instead, our mind should always be the other way. If, if you were going to do the gym or work out or train like something that you love, like I don't go into every single class thinking it's got to be the best class I've ever taken. I know that's not a reality, but I know I'm gonna, I have to go in with the mindset that I'm going to get myself better. I'm going to get my partner better, that I'm going to give my best effort, and I'm going to leave better because of it. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to get a 10 out of 10 out of every class. That's not realistic. I don't try to get a 10 out of 10 every class. If I get a 7 out of 10 every class, I can do that over and over and over again. And I'm not super beat up, and I'm ready to do it again a couple of days later, you know, and I'm, I'm able to do other workouts in between and stuff like that. I'm able to live life normally because I'm not like, I'm sure you've been around people like that. Like they, they went back to the gym and you see them and they look at their, they look like they just got out of a body cast. Their body's so stiff because <laughs> they're so sore. Well, again, because they, they tried to get the 10 out of 10. They thought it was passion, but no, they were thinking they were going to make up for all the workouts that they missed by not, by, by not working out like someone who really loves. If you really love it, you do it. You, you hit it for a seven out of 10. That, if that's what you aim for, I mean, think about it. If you're a major league baseball player and you get three out of 10, you're in the Hall of Fame. Right? Same idea here. All right. And that just we're going to up it a little bit, right? We go for more than, than a five out of 10. Right? But if you're getting a six, seven out of 10 every single time that you train, man, that's really sustainable. And that's something you can love. You feel yourself getting better. You see yourself getting in better shape. And it becomes a sustainable feedback loop. That's doing it like someone who loves it. And that makes it a process that you can continue for your whole life. Now, that brings me to the second definition of self-discipline that I read, because it also feels appropriate here. Um, and that is self-discipline is doing what you know you have to do long after the motivation has left you. Because quite often, we start paths when we're really, really motivated. And then, a little while later, that motivation has left us because the thing is motivation is a feeling and motivation is fleeting. And we know that, right? We know that deep down, right? As human beings, we understand that we cannot expect to always be motivated. But in certain things, we expect ourselves to always be motivated. Or as parents, we expect our children to always be motivated. Like, it's funny, that happens fairly commonly in my school where, you know, a parent's like, oh, he, he wasn't feeling like going today. Like thinking to, that to me, this is some earth shattering news. Like I should, like, this is not a completely normal thing. And I'll usually ask the parent, like, well, do they want to go to school every day? Or did you want to go to work this morning? Right. But also, thank you for telling me because now I can pop them up and make it a positive feedback loop. But we will not always be motivated. That's just not how the world works. That's not how human beings work. And if we decided to work based off of motivation, very rarely would the job ever get done. I mean, think about some of those pro projects like I mentioned earlier. Uh, if you have certain projects that you're working on at home, right, you might go into them with all sorts of enthusiasm. Man, I'm so enthusiastic. I'm so motivated today. I'm getting this thing done. It's going to look great when I'm done. And then you're like three hours in and you're hungry and you're tired and you're looking around and you haven't gotten the progress in that you feel like you should. And now the motivation that you started with is starting to burn out. But now you have, that's where you have to lean back on self-discipline. This is where self-discipline comes into play. Because now you have to finish this task in the same way, with the same mindset that you started. Because you will not always be motivated. 
right? You won't even be motivated all the way through a task. I mean, think about it. There are sometimes I get, I don't know about you, I'm a human being, I think. I get off the couch with such a motivation to go do something, and then I get in the, in the heat of it, I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> motivation is gone. But I also know me enough to know that I have the self-discipline to see it through till I'm finished. And that's, to me, that's what, what is important in life because if you only, let's turn it to career for a minute. If you only went to work on the days where you were motivated to go to work, you wouldn't have a job. If you only went to, if you only worked on your relationship, right? The days that you felt like working on a relationship, you wouldn't have a relationship, right? If you only cleaned up around your house, when you were motivated to clean up around your house, you'd have a pretty dirty house, right? See, I think you see my point. The fact is that we will not always be motivated, right? Think about it. If kids only went to school on days when they were motivated, they wouldn't learn a thing. That's where self-discipline has to has to come into play. Now, if we stay with kids for a second, it's easy, right? Kids, they have a simple, they have a simple reason to be disciplined because they don't need self-discipline. When they get out of the bed and they're all tired, mom, I don't want to go to school. Mom doesn't give them a choice. Mom puts their, their clothes on them, feeds them, gets their stuff together, and out the door they go. They don't need to lean on their own self-discipline. As adults, we have to, but that's okay. That's where you build self-discipline for. That's why I choose to do all those tough things. All right, let's go back to the idea of fitness. Right, if a person were to only work out when they were motivated, then they wouldn't be in very good shape. It wouldn't get done many days at all. Right? If you ask me as someone who is in the fitness industry, who's a martial artist, who loves martial arts, who absolutely loves to train, if you ask me how many of the classes that I take that I'm absolutely 100% motivated to train, the answer would surprise you because I'm still a human being like any other. I don't rely on motivation because if I did, then I would never train. Right? It's very rare. I, the the only times that I'm ever like, you know, there are some days I'm really motivated, of course, right? But the only times that I really absolutely positively miss my training is if I'm sick and I'm going to make somebody else sick, or if there's some kind of like, I'm away on vacation or something like that. Other than that, I'm there. I'm always there, whether I felt like it that morning or not. Because I know that even though I might not walk in the door with motivation, I know I'm going to walk out the door with a feeling of accomplishment. But I know if I stay home, I'm going to be left with a feeling of regret. So to me, that's an easy choice to make. Just lean on self-discipline a little bit. And to, let's go back to the, the gym example. Right? We talked about that person who made the 10 out of 10 workout. That's someone who's doing it because they're motivated that day. Now, what they've done is they're, they've motivated themselves to do it in such a way that they're not going to be motivated again. And now they put such a negative connotation of the gym in their mind, where now when they go back to train, all of a sudden it's this big thing in their head. It's, it's this, this like, oh my God, I don't want to feel like that again. It was so terrible. I was so sorry. Of course, right? Even if they don't think it consciously, the little voice in the back of their mind is going to be talking really loud. And now that contest between the, between, between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind becomes a lot more difficult. So now... We have to realize what we've done. We set ourselves up the wrong way. That's why it's so important to just set a disciplined routine. Because if you do things in a disciplined routine, if you work out on a regular basis, same time, same days, whatever, you do it on a really disciplined and consistent basis, 
then it's much easier to stay the course. It's much, much easier to get into that routine. I mean, think about it. How long does it take to build a habit? Right? If you ask most experts, they say 21 days to build a habit, right? 90 days to build a lifestyle. Okay, true. So, but if you if you think about it, what is a lifestyle but an extended habit? Right? It's a series of extended habits, really. So let's choose the idea of working out again, right? Again, I think martial arts is the best way, right? But I digress, right? If you're only going to work out on those days where you're motivated, not going to happen. But if you spend 21 days, you spend three weeks, and you just commit to yourself for three weeks that I'm going to go to, you know, my Tiger Shulman's class, right? Or I'm going to get to the gym, or I'm going to get out and run with my dogs, or I'm going to do something, right? Maybe you don't live in a place where there's a Tiger Shulman school, whatever. Even still, you can take this mindset and you can appreciate it. If you do that right thing and you do it on a consistent basis, right? You pick your days, your times, and you hit your days and your times consistently for those three weeks, it's much easier to continue to do that on week four and five and six. And before you know it, 12, 13 weeks have gone by and now 90 days have gone by. And now this is who you are. Now you're the person who does this, right? That's the thing. See, sometimes we don't think of ourselves as the kind of people who work out, who eat healthy, who make health a priority, who make their, their wellness a priority. But you're three weeks away. That's it. Just three weeks away. If you do that for three weeks, then not only have you built a discipline routine, it's very easy to stick to a discipline routine. And then when you stick to that discipline routine, man, it's so much easier. It's so much easier to just stay the course. That's all you got to do. Just hit a course. So to that end, what I want you to do is take both of these definitions that we talked about, right? The idea that, excuse me, that discipline, self-discipline is doing what you've committed to do long after the motivation has left you and doing things that you hate to do with the same motivation as you and the same enthusiasm and love as the things you love to do. Take these things for the next week, take these definitions and apply them to everything. All right. When you're looking at a task and that feeling of dread is entering your heart, okay, good. Now you know there's something you have to approach with the same love and enthusiasm as something you hate. Or so, something, something you hate right there. You have to approach with the same enthusiasm as something you love. Pardon me. And on the other end of the spectrum, right? When the you're feeling a little bit dragging about going to that thing that you committed to doing, realize that you need to do things even though the motivation may have left you. When you do those things that, you, that you've committed to do long after the motivation has left you, what will happen is you'll build that positive feedback loop. Do that for a couple of weeks, just a couple, just three. You do it for three, then four is real easy. And five is easy too. And six is even easier. And seven and eight and nine. And before you know it, you're at that 12, that 13 week mark, 90 days in. And now this is part of who you are. Now this is how you identify yourself. Wouldn't that be great? All those things that you'd love to be, you're three weeks away from the habit. You're 90 days away from the lifestyle. All you've got to do is commit to a disciplined routine. Now you know what self-discipline is. Now, take this week and use it. That's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, sentelianelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sensei underscore Leonelli. On Facebook, I'm sensei James Leonelli. You can find my school online. We're at tsksmithtown.com. You can see it located right up here. 
And then you can find us on Facebook or at facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. On, excuse me, on Twitter and Instagram, we are at TSMA underscore Smithtown. You can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at TSK.com. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Sensei's Weekly Mindset. Like I said, Flex Fights this coming Friday. So if you want to watch the pay-per-view, go to my link tree, linktr.ee slash Sensei Leonelli. By the way, Sensei is S-E-N-S-E-I. Leonelli is L-E-O-N-E-L-L-I. Go to that link tree and you can find right in there the link for tickets and the pay-per-view for Flex Fights for this coming for this coming Friday. To that end, my friends. Like I said, that is all I have. You make sure you guys leave your rate. Leave your review, subscribe, so you get your new episodes every Wednesday. And most importantly, tell a friend, share the podcast. I love watching the numbers grow. So thank you for that. Until next time, my friends, invest in yourselves. I'll see you guys on the mat.